Welcome back to the Longleaf Podcast. It's November 29th, and boy, we thought things were going to slow down after the 2018 midterm elections, but that's certainly not the case. The State Board of Elections has thrown a bit of a bombshell in the North Carolina 9th Congressional District race, and I'm hoping we're going to get to talk a little bit about that with today's guest. Today we're talking with Matt Richardson, who runs the political blog Cross Creek Divide, which covers politics in Fayetteville and the surrounding area. He's also an attorney and a Democrat. Here we go. Senate will come to order. Sergeant Arms will close the doors. Members and will go to their seats. I'm here with Matt Richardson. Thanks so much for coming on the Longleaf Podcast. Thanks for having me, Andrew. I appreciate it. So you run the site Cross Creek Divide. Now, I think a lot of our listeners may not be familiar with what Cross Creek is. Uh, could you explain a little bit about where the name for your site came from? Yeah, um, Cross Creek is uh, the name of the major uh, tributary of the Cape Fear River that flows through downtown Fayetteville. Um, Fayetteville used to be called, back in the colonial period, um, was the town of Cross Creek. And then that town merged with a town called Campbellton on the Cape Fear River and became Fayetteville. Um, Cross Creek is uh, our mall in Fayetteville is Cross Creek Mall. So I named the the blog uh, Cross Creek Divide just to give it a, uh, you know, political sense with the, the divide part and then Cross Creek, you know, to give it a Fayetteville name. I love it. I love when whenever you're able to incorporate history like that. That's really neat. So what what gave you the idea to start the the site? Um, it was honestly a whim. Um, I've been involved in politics uh, since I was a little guy. My father um, ran for for office for the first time when I was, I believe, seven in 1990. Lost that race, but then served in the legislature from 1992 until 1996. Now he's back involved in it. And, um, you know, I've, I've, I've seen the political coverage in, in our local paper suffer. Um, the Fable Observers having the same problem as many other newsprint papers in the state. They're just not getting the, the support and advertising and subscriptions they once have. And um, I just saw a, a void of good political journalism um, in town. Um, that's no knock on the guys we have. They're, they're good fellas. And ladies, but I, I saw just a, a void and felt that I could bring something to the table in terms of political analysis. Yeah, absolutely. There, there's always room for that. And, um, you know, the, the web makes it so easy to get started. So I'm, I'm glad that you took the initiative to just go ahead and do that. Now, what what sort of what sort of angle do you come from? What what gap are you filling and, and what do you hope to achieve um, with Cross Creek Divide? Um, you know, I my angle is mostly. Um, well, it's a it's a combination of local and state politics, and um, you know I I've focused on some local issues, and um, I've also focused on some state issues. But um, the majority of it is is me giving my opinion. I've had a few guest posters who have been brave enough to post, but the idea is just to start a dialogue, and I try to I try to you know stand by my opinions, and I try to back up my opinions with facts and data. You know, I was a political science major, um, so I incorporate some raw data in. And I also just have a, a, a general knowledge of politics that I try to bring as well. So um, what I hope to accomplish is honestly get people, you know, get people talking, um, maybe get people engaged and maybe get the community discussing the issues that I think matter. 
So what are those issues? What are the top two, three, four issues in, in Fayetteville area politics right now? Well, we just, you know, Fayetteville's like, you, you can honestly take North Carolina as a whole and, you know, Fayetteville is a microcosm. We tend to track, you know, the North Carolina political scene very well. A lot of that has to do with, you know, we have a, a significant minority population here. We also have a transient population with, with Fort Bragg and the military. And if you can, you can honestly look at, at where we go in, in, in presidential and, and, and governor elections and, and United States Senate elections that we typically uh, trace North Carolina very well. So um, in terms of local issues, you know, we're, we're trying to expand our downtown. We're um, giving money to private corporations to, to invest in our downtown. I've written about that, um, you know, with the, with the partisan divide we have, um, you know, one thing I focus on a lot is just the, the deepening partisan divide in North Carolina as a whole. And that, that has definitely trickled down to our, our local politics in Fayetteville. Um, we're becoming more and more divided along Democratic and Republican lines. Um, the past few mayor races have been, been pretty brutal, and that's for mayor, um, not to mention our statewide races. So um, I guess I would... In, in terms of what's going on in Fayetteville, I would say what's going on in North Carolina right now. Uh, I know that's a general general answer, but it's the truth. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'm here in Charlotte in Mecklenburg County. You know, we've certainly seen the same deepening partisan divide, though, you know, Charlotte and Mecklenburg County is a lot like a lot of urban areas where, you know, the, the percentage of Democratic voters is, is way outnumbering the percentage of Republican voters. And, and in fact, for the first time, in a long time, the county commissioners are, it's nine zero Democrats. They, the last three Republicans on the board got swept out in this past election. How is that breaking down in, in Fayetteville and Cumberland County? Are, has the Republican Party managed to keep any foothold in local politics? Um, not really, just to be honest with you. The past, I mean, you look at countywide races or Democrats are cleaning up, especially in this this last go around, you look at the judges, our, our judicial district in, in, in Cumberland County is Cumberland County. So our district court and superior court judges run countywide and Democrats are, are winning those. Um, we did have the Republican mayor for a few years, um, but he was defeated this last go around um, pretty, pretty handily. Um, so the only, the only Republicans that have managed to succeed are the inner city, you know, old Fayetteville city council districts. Um, and, you know, then we have Representative Zoka in the North Carolina House, who's in a very, he's in the rural, across the river, essentially in Southern Cumberland County House District. Um, you know, Senator Meredith, the Republican whip was defeated. I wrote a great deal on that race. Um, so we only have, I believe, one Republican um, state legislator in Cumberland County now, unless I'm missing something. Huh, well, that that would uh, that would follow the trend. There's one left in Mecklenburg County, and there's one left in Wake right. County. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of so. How are how are Republicans taking it there? You know, here in Charlotte, the last year and a half, two years has been uh, a period of great soul searching and. Republicans trying to figure out whether they need to change their message here in Charlotte or, or try to find new voters, et cetera. Is the same thing happening there or 
Are they uh, what? What are, what are they doing? I would, you, you'd honestly have to ask them. <laughs> I'm not. You know, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not privy to those circles. My my father's been a Democrat in the North Carolina legislature. I don't get invited to those meetings. But uh, <laughs> you know, I, I I would say if to give them some advice, I think they need to moderate. I mean, I think that what you saw in this last go round is just. Uh, statewide you know the election of roy cooper and then what's happened this last go round. some of it's donald trump i believe but i think in north carolina people are people are tired of the direction the, the state has gone in and they're looking for some common sense um and i think you saw that with the constitutional amendments i mean they they selected some you know some some common sense ones and then rejected them outright and i think that shows others outright so i think that shows that they're paying attention yeah i think you're right in common sense i mean that that's a, a great point and a, a great idea uh and i love you know that's one of the things i really like about cross creek divide and it's one thing i'm i'm trying to do with Longleaf politics um so how does how do fayetteville democrats compare to democrats statewide i mean is there a particular flavor of uh, of democratic party in in fayetteville oh well, that's a good one um you know i've, I've seen it evolve um you know you have the african a high african-american population with you know um that, that, that's always been democratic and, and should continue to be you've also seen you know like it, like most places in north carolina and probably the, the south as a whole there's you know, everybody was once a Democrat, and some of those folks continue to stay registered Democrat, um, even when they voted Republican. So the the old, you know, sort of the old guard, so to speak, has sort of moved on. We had Senator Tony Rand, you know, he was second in command to Mark Bass Knight for, you know, for decades in the North Carolina Senate out of Cumberland County, and then he moved on. Um, so you're seeing a sea change. Um, there's you know, you see people like like Senator now Senator elect Kirk Kirk Devier, you know, coming into the fold, a, a sort of a new type of of leader. Um, the Democratic Party is very disorganized. We always are, and um, that 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 is the case in Cumberland County as well. Um, I, I would say, in my my honest opinion, the Republican Party is more organized here, even though they're losing, and that's that's part of the. The nature of the Democratic Party is a, a coalition of a more, more diverse set of people, and it's harder to uh, organize that. Sure. Now, Senator-elect Devier, tell me, tell me more. Uh, a new type of leader. What do you mean by that? Well, I mean he's a younger fella. Um, you know, he's he, you know, you look at his politics, and he's he's, and the way he approached his campaign. You know, he relied heavily on on social media and, um, you know, younger volunteers. There were a lot of young folks involved. Um, and I thought his message, you know, was, I don't know. I mean, it just feels like a new brand to be honest with you. It's not the same old, um, the same old thing. Um, he, he campaigned on education and healthcare and, you know, women's rights, essentially, you know, equal pay for women. Um, and I think I think voters responded to that. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Now, I, I have to touch a little bit on the news of this week. So the ninth congressional district stretches from me to you, right. from Charlotte to out to Cumberland County. And now the, the state board of elections is investigating potential uh, 
how do I put this delicately? Mishandling shenanigans, I guess is a good way to put it in, in Robeson and Bladen County. Now you're closer to that part of the district than I am. Uh, is that, is that surprising you to hear about some potential wrongdoing with absentee ballots? And, and what do you make of this whole well, thing? I, you know, the, the rumor was that what I'm hearing is it happened in the Republican primary. I, I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, we don't, we don't have any definitive answers right now. They, I, I saw an interview with uh, Pettinger and he, he said essentially that we knew about this back in the primary and, you know, we, you know, we just kind of dealt with it. Um, I, I don't know what happened, so it's hard for me to comment on it. Um, you know, until we know, I, I'm just going to reserve comment on that. Am I surprised? It's small town, North Carolina. You know, I'm not surprised. So. Yeah, and I I seem to distinctly remember hearing similar things, you know, in 2016 and probably even before that. But, uh, you know, it's never been um, in big enough numbers to really, you know, get on anybody's radar. But I guess when a congressional race comes down to 900 votes, that changes the the uh, equation And I there. thought, yeah, I honestly thought that, that McCready had a good chance at that one. Um, you know, you and I kind of differed and um, – I remember I, I commented on one of your posts about the yeah, McCready should have been should have been more aggressive um, with his own faith and how he was, you know, converted Christian and baptized overseas. And um, I said, you know, he needs to lay, you know, stay away from those issues. A, a Baptist minister will will kill him. And if he gets in that ground, <laughs> you may have been correct on that. I mean, you saw. You know, the, the fact of the matter is, could he have could he have gotten any of those 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 people to vote for him and with trump coming down here and 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 making that last push you know for for reverend harris i just don't i don't know that he could have um but i if anybody could have won that seat it was him i think what it shows is the that the state is literally gerrymandered you know to, I mean, it's a, you could say it's perfect gerrymandering. I mean, they, they have a, a buffer that's – the Republicans have put a buffer in place that, that is strong enough to overcome this type of election. Um, you know, the, the statewide vote count, I'm sure Democrats cleaned up in it, but they, you know, didn't win any House in the United States House seats. And I think that shows you the power of what computers can do when you're drawing these districts. Yeah, well, that that's certainly – I mean, that's true. I mean, that's that's one thing that we don't always talk about when we talk about gerrymandering. You know, on the right, Republicans like to say, well, Democrats gerrymandered for 100 years and et cetera, et cetera. But it, it was it's a lot easier to do now with technology, with being, you know, being able to to micro target down to the individual household. So I think you're right and about I think that. It's, um, in my opinion, it's it comes down to race. Uh, you know, you saw Democrats make higher gains in in other states that don't have this high, you know, African-American populations, it's, it's harder to, it's harder to weed out, you know, people's parties as opposed to, you know, it's, it's easier to weed out people by race and people self-segregate in the neighborhood. You know, it's, it's easier just to draw lines around those neighborhoods. Um, I think that, you know, it's the number one threat to, to our democracy moving forward in, in North Carolina and the United States as we become, you know, more, basically people in the United States and North Carolina especially are moving into cities. 
and you know that's where the people are and and to be able to to basically lessen those folks influence because they live in a city is 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 wrong in my opinion so i'm hoping north carolina will eventually go to you know some form of bipartisan district drawing we'll see if that ever happens that takes the party in power relinquishing control and no one wants to do that on either side yeah either that or or a big supreme court decision But, you know, there's even there's even issues with any sort of bipartisan commission as well. I mean, the the, the map is always going to look a little bit funny when you have to have each district with the, roughly the same number of people. And, you know, I saw I remember taking a look at a map from a, a bipartisan commission that Duke University put together. And it, it looked just as as funny as any other map. But I guess, you know, they were trying to create more toss-up districts which is is a is a fine aim um you know i put i wrote a post i don't know if you saw it where i i tried to create districts based on cohesive you know areas of the state Uh, i don't know if that's any better or any worse but you know i i don't know what the actual solution is whether the solution is to try to you know try to create more toss-ups or if it's to to take some radically different approach. I think that's, I mean, really, I think you can overcomplicate it. I mean, where you've got these, in North Carolina, you've got, I don't know the exact numbers, but you've got Democrats winning 70% of the vote in a congressional district. I mean, that's, you know, that's that's a gerrymandered district. It is what it is. So, you know, it's a little bit easier on the congressional level because you're, you're dealing with a fewer number of districts, but you're right. It would be more challenging for, you know, say state legislative districts when there's, you know, hundreds. So um, I, I agree it's a challenge, but if the computers can can chop it up with surgical precision, they can put it back together with surgical precision if they want to. So, Sure. Yeah, that, that's why uh, that's why those those staffers get paid the big bucks, I'm sure. <laughs> Uh, before I let you go, I, I just kind of wanted to take it back more broadly just for a second. Um, you know, it, it's been really interesting over the past five to 10 years to see more and more political sites pop up, more political blogs. Uh, and I think it's great. I mean, I think it, it's it's almost a, a, a return to a different era of politics where you had a lot of different um, publications engaged politically in, you know, within cities and within states. I think it's a great exercise of the First Amendment. Uh, but I wanted to hear from you. I mean, what what do you think that the political blogosphere, so to speak, is able to add to the debate? And do you think it's, you know, do you think it's good for our democracy to have more people kind of raising their hand and getting their voices out there? I mean, I think absolutely. Um, you know, you're right. One thing when I, you know, when, when I started my blog, I felt kind of like, a, you know, like you said, back in the foundations of the country, you had these young people that would just or whoever it was, just start a newspaper, you know, and hand it out to whoever would read it. And, you know, oftentimes they were, they were radical in nature. They were challenging the status quo. So, um, you know, the more, the more real, you know, real ideas you put in the marketplace of ideas, and in my opinion, I think truth eventually, eventually comes out. Um, You know, we're, we're overwhelmed with fake news and, and social media news and, um, essentially lazy, lazy news where I get the whole story in, in a few sentences. So I feel like a blog can, can kind of bridge the gap between that and then traditional media. You know, I try to keep my blog posts, you know, where someone can read it in less than five minutes. I mean, if 
there, you know, people's attention spans are smaller, but I still want to offer them reasonable content and, and back up what I say. So, you know, for younger people and, and people that, you know, wouldn't be inclined to, to pick up a newspaper and read it, you know, maybe they'll read a blog post and, uh, and learn something and get, get more engaged. So, um, you know, I, I think it's the future of, of ideas and, I'm doing mine, you know, on a strict, strict volunteer basis. It's, it's a hobby for me. Um, and I've enjoyed doing it. It's an outlet for me personally. Um, instead of whining about something, you know, to whoever will listen, I'll try to be constructive with it and put it down and put it out there. And I hope someone will read it. And if not, you know, I've, at least I've done it. So I've enjoyed it and, um, hope I'll continue to have the motivation to do it. I do, too, because I love reading it. Uh, well, Matt Richardson of Cross Creek Divide, thank you so much for your time this yeah, evening. Yeah, thanks for having me, Andrew. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for spending some time with the Longleaf Podcast. We hope you learned something. Be sure to go check out Cross Creek Divide. Matt's doing a fantastic job over there. And go check out longleafpolitics.com. I'm publishing things just about every day over there. News of the day, news and views from the reasonable right of center is how I like to put it. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you again soon. Some in his favor that motion will say aye. Those opposed, no. The ayes have it. The Senate stands adjourned.